0: Um, I'm going to talk about culture today, and I figured I would start with the definition of culture, See what the dictionary, how the dictionary defines culture. Culture is defined as the set of shared attitudes, shared values, shared goals, and practices that characterizes an institution or or organization. Um, And I think this is, I think this is pretty right on. When we talk about our church culture, we have shared attitudes. We have shared values. We have shared beliefs. We have shared goals. We have shared practices. And this won't come as a surprise, the primary influencer in influencing us of what these values and these shared goals are is me. The lead pastor, the visionary pastor, the one who stands up here every week and points you to Jesus is, is the primary influencer in this place. And I want you to know you never have to guess at what my motives are. My motives are Christ and Christ alone. Jesus and Jesus alone. I want him to be glorified above anything else. I want him to be glorified above anything else that I believe he has for you when you come into this place. I want him to be glorified more. The good news is it's not one or the other. Both take place. But our motives are always going to be Jesus. My motives are always going to be Jesus. So I've been reading quite a bit about About culture lately i've been reading articles i've been reading books I've been going through and reading things that i've written about culture things that have popped up in different sermons And in two weeks so not this week we got jody coming on sunday. So the sunday after that in two weeks We're going to begin a series where that we patiently unlock And go through seven values seven shared values That we have here as a church And we're going to talk about our culture. And we're going to talk about why those values comprise our culture and why they're important. You see, our culture determines who we are. Our culture determines what we stand for and our culture determines what we will not stand for. So what is the determiner of our culture. I said that I influence it, but I'm not the determiner of our culture. The determiner of our culture, we find it in scripture. So if you want to turn to the book of Matthew, we're going to read from Matthew 22. We're going to read from Matthew 28. We're going to see what Jesus has to say. And we're going to look at some great things. We're going to look at a great commandment and a great commission. So Matthew 22, verse 36. Someone asked Jesus, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. just to clarify who neighbor is. Neighbor isn't just the person that lives to your left or to your right or across the street from you. Neighbor isn't just the person that shares the town with you or the region with you. Our neighbor is anyone that we come across. Our neighbor is anyone that the Lord causes to cross our path is our neighbor. Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So just to be abundantly clear here at Impact Rock, Jesus is our vision Jesus is our focus and Jesus is our culture. But Jesus threw out a second command there and he said, this is right up up there with loving me. Love others. Love people. I was thinking about something interesting this week. I was getting ready to have lunch with a buddy of mine. And I was thinking about kindness because I, I, like, I preach kindness, like be kind, be kind to one another. Kindness is very important to me. Kindness is very important in, in, on our leadership team. As a leader at Impact Rock, there has got to be kindness in, in, in the things you do. And I was thinking about kindness, but I thought about this. If given the choice between kindness and love, I'll take love. If I, if I had to choose, I could only choose one, give me love every day of the week. I've had people treat me kind until we reached the end of whatever their limit was. And then kindness ran out real quick because there wasn't love. See, with God, He is love. He doesn't just have love. He's not just really good at love. God is love. Jesus is love. Perfectly exemplified love. So we are to operate in kindness, but we are to be loving. That kindness is to come from a place that is never exhausted. So how do we keep Jesus as our vision and our focus while making caring for people, our church culture, all without compromising Jesus? That's kind of the quandary that that we as a leadership team face. We want to care for people while making it all about Jesus. And we don't want to compromise Jesus, but we want to make sure that we are loving people. I believe that in everything we do, that there's, there's kindness. We aim for that. But above all, it's God's love that changes. It's God's love that changes hearts. I wasn't changed by kindness. I wasn't saved by kindness. Neither were you. I was saved by love. The demonstrated love of Jesus Christ. So how do we communicate that Jesus is our culture? So here's a simple answer. We never make it, we, we as a team and me as one of the elders in this church, we never Make it about you at the expense of not making it about Jesus. We're always going to point you to Jesus. It's always about him. Pete Scazzaro, um, he's an author, and he he wrote one of these two books I've read. He uh, wrote the book uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and he also wrote The Emotionally Healthy Leader. He's a Christian. He's a pastor. And he wrote an article that I stumbled upon in reading, and it's really, it, it was really good. I, I had a lot of good articles, but this one really impacted me. And the name of the article was Six Marks of a Church Culture That Deeply Changes Lives. And it stood out to me for the obvious reasons. See, we, we, we want a church culture that changes lives. We don't want a church culture that somehow fits into, you know, our, our comfortable little rules of, of, a, of a pretty cool club full of really neat people. We want a church culture that changes lives, that points people to Christ. So this is what Pete wrote. I'm just going to read a a little paragraph here, and then I'll I'll kind of do smaller chunks of it. Uh, It says, the church of Jesus Christ needs a dramatic shift of culture. And that culture needs to be radically different from that of the world. Sadly, that is not the reality in most of our churches One of the greatest insights I've gained from working with thousands of churches around the world is that creating a healthy culture is a powerful strategy for impacting people's lives as well as the long-term mission of the church. If our goal is to multiply deeply transformed disciples and leaders for the sake of the world, a healthy culture is profoundly important. And then the last little bit of this here. We have to be intentional about taking the chaos out of what people bring with them from their very different backgrounds, their very different cultures and families of origin and shaping that chaos into a radically different culture that operates as the new family of Jesus. Isn't that good? Friends, when you walk through these doors and you decided to make impact rock your church home and you decided to trust the leadership of this house to point you to Jesus. Whether knowingly or unknowingly, you made a decision to trust us with the chaos of your background, the baggage of your life. It is not our culture to let you keep that baggage. It is not our culture to let that baggage and that chaos stay in your life. But it's also not our culture to go and just rip it out of your heart. You've got to bring it to Christ and we'll be right there with you. You've got to drag it out of the shadows and you've got to drag it into the light for the purpose of bringing it to the healer, to the deliverer, to the only one who can save. Now that's our culture. But you need to understand, when you came in here, you brought chaos with you. You brought drama with you. You brought baggage with you. And we're okay with that. But I'm telling you right now, our culture is to link arms with you as you bring these things into the light and say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you. And it it won't be chaos for long, friends. Because God is not the God of chaos. He's God of order. And he's going to bring the most awesome order to your life with a yielded heart and trusting him. Does that make sense? And it, once again, this is really good. I mean, I, I, really good article. So in this article, it, it identified six characteristics or marks, six marks of an emotionally healthy church culture. And in reading this article, I was encouraged. I was incredibly encouraged. I was encouraged to see that our culture is on point to help transform lives. And our culture is on point to help impact the the mission that God has called us to. So I I dig this. This is so cool. Mark number one. Are, Are you guys listening? Mark number one. Slowed down spirituality. We slow down our pace in order to be with Jesus. And this is the source from which our activity flows. Isn't that good? A slowed down spirituality. You guys, when we're alone with the Lord, there's gotta be that, we talked about rest. The Lord was speaking about rest earlier and there's gotta be that ceasing, that slowing down to trust him. Peter Drucker, the father of modern business consulting, he said this about culture. It's a pretty famous quote. It says, Culture eats vision for breakfast and eats strategy for lunch. Culture eats vision for breakfast and strategy for lunch. I'm like, that's brilliant. I, I heard that quote years and years ago and it's brilliant. See, strategy is good, you know, in a specific situation. But... Culture, there's got to be longevity. Culture has got to be in it for the long haul. Vision, how, how is vision accomplished? Not just through strategy, through a culture that, that declares the values and that lives out those values. You know, we know for a fact, I mean, people can go to church anywhere. And I, we know that there's a lot of good churches and there's a lot of churches that, that are very admirable. And and if someone walked in and said, hey, this isn't the place for me, there are, there are good churches that they're gonna point them to Jesus every single week and we can point them, we can say, go try this church, go try this, go tell so-and-so I sent you, I think you'll feel right at home at that church. And we will do that. But I'm letting you know knowing that people have a choice. The things that we hold dear, that they're things that we're not taking some um, religious stance on to be legalistic about. It's things that point us to Jesus that will cause us to thrive. And I'm not going to list what they are right now. This is like just to wait your appetite. In two weeks, we begin our series on on culture. So you'll, you'll have to come back for all that. You guys, it is so... Absolutely vital that we are emotionally whole, we spent an entire series, the, the 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 Soul Care and Freedom series, talking about getting free in the Lord and letting the Lord just bring healing and deliverance to our lives. It is vital in, in that graphic. Can you pull up that graphic the, the pete 's uh, Scazzaro graphic again I, I hadn't seen this, um, and he has this this line here he says it's impossible to be spiritually mature. While remaining emotionally immature, I read that and I'm like, man, it could have been a distraction because I was like in a nice flow. And I'm like, man, that's that's a pretty uh, specific statement. It's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. And I chewed on that for a while. And you know what? I believe it. I tell you the word that that hits me the most: remaining. It's a choice. It's a choice. See, because spiritually mature people don't choose to stay in that place of darkness. They, they trust the Lord with it. And I'm telling you right now, and we got a lot of young people. I love how many young people we have in this church. I'm telling you guys right no, right now. There's not a good secret. There's good surprises. Good surprises. I mean, I, I sent my wife and my two girls a valentine in the mail and that was a surprise and I mailed them from Loveland because I wanted it to be stamped from the land of love. So I drove to Loveland and they were stamped from Loveland and and I checked the mail and they weren't there Friday. I was very upset. But luckily last night, that I took my beauties to a Valentine's dinner and, um, and luckily the cards were in the mail. That was a surprise or uh, that was a surprise. Yes. Surprise. Good. That was a good surprise. Secrets. Secrets aren't. Someone asks you to keep a secret, man, you got to question the motive of that. If Someone asks you to keep a surprise, that's okay. God wants us emotionally whole. Our culture reflects our attitude. So how is your attitude? Are you willing to grow? Are you willing to learn? And are you willing to change? You guys teach ability Teachability is so key. We never outgrow it. I recently turned 50 and there's so much I don't know. So much I don't know. I, I, there's so much I still need to learn. The minute that we stop becoming teachable is the minute we stop becoming useful in the hand of God. The minute we know it all, the minute we think we have all the answers, attitude is everything. So mark number two, integrity and Leadership. We don't pretend to be something on the outside that we're not on the inside. I want you guys to know, when it comes to, to our eldership team, when it comes to Andy and I, what you see is what you get. I, that is, I'm serious. If, if w- The way we act here, outside of this place, we act the same way. Our wives, Karen and Kim, what you see is what you get. There is no facade. The way we act here, we act outside of here. Our leadership team, What you see is what you get. There's not a front. There's not a facade. There's not a happy face being put on for the sake of ministry. They're genuinely happy because they got Jesus in their lives. Integrity in leadership. Mark number three. This one's cool. Once again, I didn't write this. I'm not like going, going, man, my notes are so cool. Harper, you nailed that. That's not, this was written by someone else. Mark number three, beneath, the surface, discipleship. We grow in self-awareness because we cannot change that of which we remain unaware. In a church culture that changes lives, people understand that maturity results when they engage in the slow, hard work of following the crucified Jesus. I love that, I love the candor of that i 'm like yeah don't don 't don 't dress it up any you know don 't make it pretty. Maturity results when we engage in the slow, hard work of following the crucified jesus that 's what discipleship is. When do we stop following? when do we stop learning? when do we stop growing? Mark number four. I'm just going to rattle these off real quick. I'm not going to camp on them at all. Mark number four was healthy community. Mark number five was passionate marriages and singleness. And mark number six is every person in full-time ministry. Every person in full-time ministry. This isn't just the work of a few elite people with the proper credentials and no, this is full-time ministry. We're all called to this. We are the body. Each part has... Vital parts. They might not all be vital organs, but there's vital parts. You guys, in tough times, a healthy culture provides the capacity to recover quickly from the difficulties of life. Life, man, we have ups, we have downs, we have hard times, we have good days, we have... Poo days. We have life. When we have a solid church culture, we bounce back quickly from the defeats. We lend a hand and help each other up when someone falls, when someone fails. So I'm going to read a scripture that we're going to study and that we're going to study throughout this series. And I'm not going to point out to you the values, okay? But I'm going to let you know all of our values are contained, the seven that we're gonna unpack, they're contained in this passage from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 20 through 25, okay? So Hebrews 10, 20 through 25. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep His promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You guys, you guys can put on your little light here and your spelunking tools and you can just go at it and start mining that thing for, for depth. It's full of goodness and all of our values are contained there. culture matters. So how should our culture be reflected in our marketing? For me, that's a very normal question because I'm a graphic design guy. I ran a marketing firm for a decade. I'm a marketing guy. That's a very fair question for me. For you, it might be like, oh, you pulled that out of some random book. No, for me, that's that's one of those things I think about. How should our culture be reflected in our marketing? Tony His, His say the CEO of Zappos, the shoes website says this, your culture is your brand. Your culture is your brand. So what is our brand? What is our brand? When we were given this space by the Lord and we started working on it, we came in here and we started driving nails and we started painting and we started doing demo and, and it, was, it was over four years ago. And we started building this place up. We had really cool thoughts and visions and we had you know, creative ideas and, and most of the things you're seeing were contained within that either initial vision or the vision kind of as it kind of expanded. And behind the coffee wall here, we're like, ooh, we're gonna put our, our logo mark, our brand mark, which is that drop of blood that, that forms a ripple effect. That It forms a crown, but it's a drop of blood just signifying that the minute that that first drop of blood fell from Jesus, the world was changed, that lives were changed, that souls were saved. So we're going to put our brand right there. You guys know what's there. Jesus saves. See, when we were planning to do a logo there, we're like, is that really what we want people to see when they drive by in the middle of the night is our logo? Or do we want to see them some, do we want them to see something that truly matters? Jesus saves. What is our brand? Jesus saves. What is our culture? Jesus saves. What is our culture? Jesus. And we have seven things that we're going to unpack that we hold dear, that we will fight for, that we will stand for. And I say we, because they are shared values. If God has called you to this place, they're your values too. You just might not know it yet. So in preparation for this culture, I read another article that challenged me to do something. It was kind of cool. The challenge was this. It said, tell the story of your church, of your church culture in exactly six words, not five not seven, that part of the beauty of this was the discipline of the exercise. Six words, exactly six words. And said, this is not a list of attributes. You can't be like, loving and cool and relevant. Awesome. And this was not meant to be a marketing tagline, but it could be. So those were the criteria that were given. So here's after kind of wrestling with it, here's what I came up with. And this is just for me. This this isn't even like our team that came up with this. Helping people love and follow Jesus. Helping people love and follow Jesus. For me, this exemplifies our culture. See, I don't want someone to just find Jesus. I thought about helping people find and follow Jesus. I thought about that. That was like, my, that won the silver, that won the silver medal. But I'm like, I don't want people just to find Jesus. Church, I don't want you to just find Jesus. I want you to love Jesus. I'm here to point you to Jesus. We are here to point you to Jesus, to love Jesus. And when you realize how much he loves you and the incredible links he's gone to, to demonstrate that love and to embrace you and to save you, It makes it easy to love him. We want to help people love Jesus and follow him. As a ministry team, as a leadership team, there's two goals that we have. And that's to glorify Jesus in everything we do and to care for people with the extravagant love of God. Through obedience to his commands, culture matters. I'm asking you guys to to be here. For those of you watching, I'm asking you to not get distracted and, and to make sure that you you watch the message. If you can't if you can't make it to church, if you can make it here, great. But if you can't, listen to these because these things they matter. These These values will be things that you will use to draw closer to the Lord and to bring others closer to the Lord.